This episode of Head Speaks is dedicated to the memory of my brother, Jerry Lee Todd II, whose birthday was would be February the 26th. Uh, if he would have been alive, he would have been 43, if my math's correct. Uh, this, is this episode is dedicated to his honor. Just kick a little something for them cars that be bumping. Yeah, but we need a beat that they can front to. Oh, that works. Hello, greetings and hi. This is the Head Speaks Podcast, a proud member of the Headcast Network. I am your host, Aaron Moss, also known as Head. Welcome to Head Speaks, where I'll be talking about comics, movies, and basically anything geeky. But without further preamble, let's get the show started. 12 o'clock at night with your windows down. Headlights breaking cause your battery's drained. Armor roll on your tires and a big gold chain. Today we're gonna start with a little head. Uh, you may have noticed that I just announced the title. I didn't play my intro I've been using. Um due to my own thoughts and no outside censorship or anything. I'll make it absolutely clear. I've realized I want this podcast to be more comic book and geek oriented. More family friendly. So even though I enjoyed playing that and I thought it fitting of my name and how it went, I use a hurt and know what I'm talking about. You that don't, don't worry about it. <clears throat> um, I'm trying to make it more family friendly just because I'm getting older, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, so here's to a kinder, gentler head. But anyways, let's get on today with a little head. This episode, as I said, my dedication is going in the memory of my brother. I've talked about him in the past episodes, uh, sometimes on and on. Uh, his name was Jerry Lee Todd II. Uh, he was technically my stepbrother. We had different fathers. I never knew his father. Uh, hell, I never knew my father, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But yes, Jerry Lee, he was born uh, February the 26th, 1973. And as I've said, stated before, he passed away December the 12th, 1984. He died just a couple months short of his 12th birthday. So again, he would have been, as I said, uh, 43 if my math's correct. This coming February the 28th, or 26th, sorry. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much about him, because I've talked about him and his death previously, and that's not this show today. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to him. He was, I don't want to say he was the greatest little brother around, because, you know, he was a bit of a pain in the butt. But he was my little brother. I loved him dearly, even though sometimes I didn't show as a kid. Uh, he's missed to this day. I wish he could be around to see my kids, to be the uncle to them that they need. But uh, they're making do with my my best friend Dean, my friends uh, John, and Jason, and other friends that are like uncles to them. So, but it doesn't make up for the missing family. Again, if you want to hear more about me going to the death of my brother, uh, I've got a show an episode or two ago about that. Uh, again, I won't go into too much detail here. I just a place to gather my thoughts and blather and go on about things. But uh, again, Jerry Lee, he was he in school. He was uh, in band. He was learning to play the flute. Uh, he loved Legos. He liked taking things apart. In fact, I see a lot of my brother and my kids. Uh, my oldest son, Timothy, is very much like my brother as far as he likes to take things apart and see what makes him tick and then put them back together again. And my middle son, Stephen, he's, he's got some of my brother's looks. I know when he was younger, especially, I'd give him, I was giving him bath a couple times and just when he look up at me, I could see my brother in him. So, even though he's gone, he, he's still with us in memory and, again, in my kids. So, and again, my wife, she sadly, she never got to, met my, she never got to meet my brother. 
but she's heard stories and I've talked about them to her and uh, she thinks that Grayson, my, my baby, is much like my brother was, uh, ornery and always getting into things, but that's neither here nor there. <clears throat> Anyways, this is just a short little segment, just uh, reminiscent of my brother, uh, wish him a happy birthday to whatever paradise he's in, and uh, here's to the big 43, brother. I love you. I miss you. I wish you were here. Uh, if you were, I could have you as a guest on my, 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 my podcast. But you're not here, so... Okay, Sarah, Sarah. Alright, that's enough of this. Let's go ahead and stop this, uh, this, this segment, and let's move on to our next segment, which is going to be our main one for the day. I present to you... There's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe American hero. And the masters of the universe. Are the visionaries? I am Dungeon Master, your guide in the realm of Dungeons and Dragons. And now, geeking with head. Now I know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! Welcome to the 20th episode of Head Speaks. This is going to be our musical interlude episode. I'm going to steal a page from my podcasting buddy, Gene Hendricks who I believe stole it from someone else in the first place. I don't know how that counts. But anyways, uh, I'm going to take a look at some cartoon theme songs this episode. Uh, Not all comic book related, uh, but it's ones from my youth and teen years that just I enjoy or bring back memories or I think are really good. And I'll give you a little bit of information on each one as I see fit. Uh, I'm going to play these in no particular order for the most part. If there's a certain order I have them in there for a reason, I will let you know. Anyways, let's go ahead and get started. I figured I'd start my uh, countdown, if you will, with Schoolhouse Rock and the Schoolhouse Rocky theme. Uh, Schoolhouse Rock, I remember that from the 70s and 80s. It was an educational little cartoon in between the regular cartoons during the commercial breaks. Uh, they ranged anywhere from mathematics to grammar to about America. Great little shorts such as My Hero Zero, Three is a Magic Number, uh, Naughty Number Nine. Uh, grammar, there was things like conjunction, junction, unpack your adjectives, lolly lolly, get your adverbs here. All the way to songs about America and how America f- was founded. The Great American Melting Pot, I'm Just a Bill, it's a classic to me. No More Kings, Preamble. It tells you how, you know, the country was founded. Just looking at Wikipedia on this, it says it went from 1973 to 1985, and then it looks like it was revived in 93 through 99, which I don't really recall most most of those. But uh, Schoolhouse Rock, to me, is Saturday morning. Uh, They were... There were 64 episodes. They were about three minutes apiece. They were on ABC. And again, I'll post the logo for the the Schoolhouse Rock logo on my page. But yeah, there was different sections. There was Multiplication Rock, Grammar Rock, America Rock, Science Rock, Money Rock, and Earth Rock. And again, I just love all of these songs, these little jingles. In fact, I used to have the DVD. There was a... uh, 30th anniversary edition that came out in 2002 I had owned and one of my sons or my daughter so someone actually stepped on and broke one of the discs I need to re-get that but Schoolhouse Rock that was great I enjoyed it 
In fact, I'm going to play one more of the songs uh, before the actual commercial songs, or whatever you want to call it. It's not a commercial, it's one of the little videos. I'm going to play the song from it for you. Sit back and relax. This will take about three minutes, and then we'll carry on with the countdown. Hold tight. With one small injection While Reginald uttered some interjections Hey, that's smart! Ouch, that hurts! Yeah, that's not fair! Give the guy a shot down there! Interjections Hey, excitement Yeah, ouch! They're generally set apart from a sentence By an exclamation point Or by a comma when the feeling's not as strong So insulted in all my life. Hey, you're kind of cute. Interjections. Well, excitement. Oh, emotion. Hey. Generally set apart from a sentence by an exclamation point or by a comma when the feeling's not as strong. So when you're happy or sad or frightened or mad or excited or glad. Hey! An interjection starts a sentence right. The game was tied at seven on. When Franklin found he had the ball, he made a connection in the other direction, and the crowd started shouting out interjections. Ah, oh, you threw the wrong way. Darn, you just lost the game. Hooray, I'm for the other team. Interjections. Oh, darn. Hooray. Generally set apart from a sentence by an exclamation point or by a comma when the feeling's not as strong. So when you're happy, hooray, or sad, Aww. or frightened, Eek. or mad, Rat. or excited, wow, or glad, hey, an interjection starts a sentence right. Hey! They're generally set apart from a sentence by an exclamation point or by a comma when the feeling's not as strong. Interjections, short excitement, or emotion. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Dorn, that's the end. Darn, that's the end. Oh, I love those. That was great. Anyways, but yeah, that uh, Schoolhouse Rock, that's what I lead off with. I, I thought it was a great show. I loved it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it every time it was on. That's why I had to buy the DVD when it came out. Because it was just, it was a fantastic show. You learned, plus you were entertained. It was proof that education could also be fun. That was fantastic. Uh, but I think I spent long enough talking about Schoolhouse Rock. Let's go and move on to the next one. The next one came out when I was in high school, if I'm not mistaken. I was probably a little older than the target audience, but I still enjoyed it. Um, sit back and let's take a listen.
Littles. The Littles. It came out on yeah, an ABC in 1983 through 1985. Uh, so I was 13 when it came out. Again, I think I'm probably a little older than their target demographic, but... Actually, I guess I wasn't in high school yet. I was still in junior high. The series lasted three years, or three seasons. And basically, it's told a story. It's based on a series of books. And it's, uh... The story's about... Tells about these, these little people. They're called the Littles. Who lived within the walls of this kid's house. And uh, the kid's name was Henry, if I'm not mistaken. I'm going to Wikipedia double-check some of my facts on this. Yeah, he was, his name was Luke Henry, and the main characters uh, of the Littles were Tom Little and Lucy Little. They were the brother and sister, uh, the ones that always got into the adventures, and they were often accompanied by Grandpa Little and Dinky Little, who was a cousin of the family, who's uh, very goofy and very, very uh, clumsy. But again, the main focus was that they would have their little adventures. Uh, usually, people Henry trying to stop people from discovering the Littles. And I remember in, oh, when was it? 85, I want to say. I'm looking on Wikipedia again. Yeah, in 85, there was an animated movie, Here Comes the Littles, which was supposed to be a prequel to this television series. I remember watching that when I was back east in the... Nebraska with my grandparents. In fact, that was the first year I think I went back east with my grandparents to Nebraska to visit family. And we stayed at my uncle's house, actually my granduncle's house. And I'd ride my their, their bike. He had a bike I could use, so I rode the bike around town. I'd go to the movie theater all the time. I watched a lot of movies that, that summer. And Here Comes the Littles was one of the movies I remember watching. And uh, I, I don't know, I just... I haven't seen this series or the movie or any of this in years. In fact, I may have to take a look and see if I can find it. Because it looks like it is on DVD. There's the complete unedited series. Plus, it looks like they do have the uh, Here Comes the Little movie on DVD. I need to look and check this out again. I really remember... I seem to remember enjoying this. I couldn't tell you why now. Again, because it's been so many years ago. But it, to my memory, it was a great series. Uh, again, I don't remember any of the details. I just remember the vague, you know, vague what the characters look like. Uh, but again, this is one of those series that gives me happy memories and uh, makes me smile whenever I think about it. Uh, so the second one I played was The Littles. Now, let's go ahead and move on to the third song. The third one came from the late 70s. Uh, this was produced, again, I'm going to Wikipedia for most of my answers on this because it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. It was on, again, ABC from September the 10th of 1977 to July the 31st of 1979. Uh, this next one's called Laugh Olympics. And it was basically all of the cartoon characters I grew up with Doing the Olympics, if you will. It was also known as Scooby's All-Star Laugh Olympics. And it had all the different characters. There was three different teams. There was the Scooby-Doobies, which was Captain Scooby-Doo. They had Shaggy, Scooby-Dum, Dino-Mutt, Blue Falcon, Captain Caveman. Uh, the girls from Captain Caveman the Teen Angels, Brenda, Taffy, and Dee Dee. Speed Buggy, Tinker. Babu, which is from Genie, and Hong Kong Fooey. Hong Kong Fooey, number one super... Anyway, that's a different, different one. But yeah, there was the Scooby-Doobies. There was the Yogi Yahooies, which was from the 50s and 60s Hannibal Bear cartoons. And this was Yogi Bear, Boo Boo Bear, Cindy Bear, Huckleberry Hound, Pixie Dixie and Mr. Jinx, uh, Hokey Wolf, Yaki Doodle, Quick Draw McGraw, Snooper, Blabber... Oggy Doggy, Doggy Daddy, Wally Gator, and Grape Ape. Grape Ape. Grape Ape. Uh, those were the two, the two hero teams, if you will. 
And then you had the really rottens. The really rotten were the villainous characters. That was the team you rooted to, you rooted for to lose because uh, they're always cheating. They were they, they were the bad guys, if you will. And again, according to Wikipedia, it says uh, with the exception of Mumbly and the Dalton brothers, all the members' original characters, many of whom are based on various characters that appeared in cartoons and comics prior to Life Olympics. Originally, Mutley and D- Dick Dashley were planned as the leaders. However, they could not appear on the show due to those characters being co-owned by Heffler Quigley Productions. In their place, Hamabara used the existing characters Mumbly and created a new character called Dread Baron. Did not realize that. Uh, prior to the Olympics, Mumbly was a heroic de- detective rather than a villain of his own show. I didn't realize that either. Following the character's revision of the villainous team leader, he made a villain in Yogi Bear and the Magical Flight of the Spruce Goose. Uh, and again, the t- team members of the really rottens was Mumbly, Dread Baron, Dinky and Dirty Dalton, which were characters from Quick Draw McGraw and the Huckleberry Hound Show, Dastardly Dalton, Mr. Creepley and Mrs. Creepley, Junior Creepley, who were based on the Gruesomes. Uh, there was Orful Octopus, Great Fondue, Magic Rabbit, Daisy Mayhem, and Suey. Again, they were basically do different contests, uh, anywhere from uh, they go to different locations. So they, for instance, just reading from Wikipedia, they went to the Swiss Alps in Japan one episode, Florida and China, Greece and the Ozarks. They go all over the, the world. And they have events such as downhill skill racing, ice skating, cliff diving, swamp buggy race, dune buggy races. And so uh, almost every event you could think of and almost every country you could think of was, was explored in this series. And again, it's been a while, I don't remember. I'm going to read off from, again, Wikipedia, the event results, the overall standings. The Scooby Doobies had 14 wins. The Yogi Yahooies had 7 wins. The Really Rottens had 2 wins. And there was one three-way tie. I think they remember that one. But again, it was just clean fun. All these different characters I grew up with watching, again, all the way from the, the 70s, Hannibal Barra cartoons, the 50 and 60s Hannibal Barra cartoons, they all teamed up. In fact, this was one of the earliest team-ups. Again, I'm a, as you guys listen to my show know, I'm a big comic fan. I love the team-ups. This was probably actually the first team-up I've actually ever watched on a regular basis. And this may be where my love of team-ups come from. Again, it only lasted two seasons. There was 24 episodes. Uh, this is something else I'll have to see if I can find on DVD or something or download or something because again I really enjoyed this show I'm just looking Wikipedia says there was a DVD release of uh, a lot of the show episodes so I'm going to see if I can find these on uh, Amazon or eBay or something because Laugh Olympics Uh, but I've talked enough about this one Uh, let's go ahead and listen to the song from it The, the intro Heavens to hilarity! This is it, sports fans! Participants, even! Television's greatest array of stars, Laugh Olympics, presents the round the world triple team competition between the Yogi Yahooies, the Scooby Doobies, and the Really Rotten's. The players are on the field, in the stadium, even! So let's get on with it! Laugh Olympics! <laughs> the Laugh Olympics. In fact, I forgot that, uh, yeah, Snagglepuss and what was the other guy's name? Uh, looking on Wikipedia real quick, because I forget. I remember Snagglepuss, Mildred Wolf was the announcers. I forgot about that. That was great. Uh, but again, like I say, there was the good guys, which was Scooby Doo's and the Yaki Yahooies. The Dastardlies were the bad guys. They were always cheating. Sometimes they'd get caught and they would be f- disqualified and they would lose. Sometimes they would uh, not get caught, and uh, through their own circumstances, they would still lose because things would backfire on them. 
as it would tend to do for bad guys. Uh, the Laugh Olympics. Great show. I love it. I'm going to see if I can find this. Uh, and again, it looks like sometimes they re-aired on US Cartoon Express and Cartoon Express. Was it Cartoon Network and Boomerang? But I want to see if I can find this because this, this was a great show. I, I really, just thinking about it, looking at this picture on uh, Wikipedia makes me smile, makes me chuckle. Uh, Laugh Olympics. I, I remember many a Saturday mornings waiting for this one to come on. It was great. Fantastic. But that's enough about Laugh Olympics. Let's move on to our next one. Visionaries. Knights of the Magical Light. It is a time when magic is more powerful than science, and only those who control the magic control destiny. They are the visionaries. Ah, The Visionaries. The Visionaries came out shortly after I got into my comic collecting phase. Uh, It came out in 1987. And basically it was set on another world where electronics and so forth have failed and people have gone back to magic. And The Visionaries, there's two different groups of knights. There's the Spectral Knights, which are the good guys, and the Darkling Lords, which again are the bad guys. Again, I'm going to Wikipedia because it's been a while since I've seen this series. It tells us that everyone who wishes to gain magic is invited to a competition by the wizard Merklin. After surviving trap, dangerous creatures, and others, survivors on both sides are rewarded. The front plate of their armor is embedded with unique animal totems, which they can turn into. The animals were selected by Merklin based on their personalities or abilities they exhibited during the competition. Knights Ahead's tasks were told to dip them into an energy well enchanting them with various magic. Its power activated by the holder reciting a special verse. Any staff wooding knight can activate any staff as long as he casts the spell properly. Uh, in one episode, Darkstorm made use of Leoric's staff, while another, Cryotech, used three different power staffs, his own and those of Witterquick and Sindar. And then there were the knights that didn't have staffs uh, where eventually they found vehicles which again had magic embedded into them, and they could produce these these hologram or these magical creatures who would come out. And I had several of the toys. I remember they had toys that a short-lived comic book series along with the cartoon. Again, it was a. I enjoyed it. Apparently, it didn't take off very well. Most people didn't like it, I guess. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed the cartoon. But yeah, I really remember the toys from these. Like I said, they had on their chest and on their staff for vehicle that had little holograms that would show up when you had to move them around it would move a little bit uh, and then in practice in the show in the comic books like I say they would either turn into the creature or from their staff or web uh, vehicle they could launch these creatures that were on there out of it and attack people with them uh, I thoroughly enjoyed Visionaries uh, I, I love thinking about that show uh, makes me smile. In fact, uh, now there's something else I need to put on my list of things to find and rewatch because again, it's. I remember this being a great show. I don't know why it didn't take off. I think the toys are probably a little more expensive because of the hologram technique in it. Uh, again, I don't know why the cartoon itself didn't do better. But then again, at the time, most of these cartoons were there to pro- were made to promote the toys. So if the toy line didn't sell, then they have no need for the cartoon. And also I noticed here is that this ended about the same time as G.I. Joe and Transformers. Uh, their movies came out and that stuff started ending, so it may be tied all together. Uh, also on Wikipedia, it tells us that on December the 15th of 2015, supposedly the Hollywood Reporter has reported that both Hasbro and Paramount are creating a movie universe combining visionaries with G.I. Joe, ROM, Micronauts, and Mask. Uh, speaking of mask, that's a nice little segue. Let's go ahead and move on to our next one.
Oh, Mask, another toy line that they made out cartoons and comic book for to help sell the toys. You saw a lot of this in the mid-80s. Uh, Mask came out, uh, again, the toys came out from 85 to 88. Uh, the cartoon series was only out from 85 to 86. And then there was comics, which was a three-issue miniseries, if I'm not mistaken. And according to Wikipedia, there was a video game in 87 that I'm unaware of. Never seen that. Uh, but Mask, it was, a uh, again, another series of good guys versus bad guys. There was a group called the... The team, good guys was called Mask, Mobile Armored Strike Command, and they fought against the bad guys called Venom. No, nothing to do with G.I. Joe. It's an acronym for... Vicious Evil Network of Mayhem. <laughs> Vicious Evil Network of Mayhem. I like that. Uh, but again, the toys, uh, basically the characters all wore helmets that had different powers associated with it. And they also had uh, vehicles that could transform into other things. It was kind of a cross between G.I. Joe and Transformers, I guess you could say. Uh, according to Wikipedia, because again, I, I don't remember exactly, I didn't have any of the toys... I don't remember someone I knew had some because I remember seeing some of them, but I don't think I ever had any of the toys. But the Toyland ran from 85 to 88. Uh, there was four official series. Uh, it was produced by Kenner. And again, according to Wikipedia, the last two series changed the premise to a racing-oriented theme with the two teams competing against each other. I'm glad I missed that part, I guess. Uh, back to the TV show because that's what this is about. Mask was led by the leader, Matt Tracker. And like I said, they all had vehicles. Like there was a car, I remember, that could transform into a, a jet or something. And the doors would open and it would become a jet. There was a truck that would pop out weapons, guns, and uh, machine guns and things like that. And supposedly rumor has it that Matt, Tr- Matt Tracker... The leader of Mask is supposed to show up in the third G.I. Joe movie, which I guess is supposed to tie it into the bigger uh, toy line universe, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but yeah, Mask, it was a great, again, another great show from the 80s. I'm about to see if I can find. Uh, again, I can't, I can't really remember a lot of the details on it. I remember each character had the masks, the, the helmets. Uh, there were big, bulky helmets. A little side piece of which you like an energy beam. I think one of them had like an anti-gravity device in it and so forth. And then I remember the vehicles. I remember there was a, a, a motorcycle that could transform into a helicopter. Uh, again, I, I, I seem to remember really enjoying this series also. Uh, something else I can add to my list of shows I need to find and uh, re-watch. Because again, it's been too long. Uh, maybe some behind the comics. I know Again, this came out before I started buying comics. But I remember when I started buying, I ended up buying some of these issues uh, via uh, Meller, I believe it was. Uh, so yeah, I'm about to see if I can find more on Mask, because that, that was another good show that I miss. And it looks like I've been John for about half an hour or so. So what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and take a break. I'm going to play a promo or two, and then we'll be right back for some more of our cartoon favorites. Head Speaks will be back after these important messages. Who's Who podcast being said by the irredeemable Shag. For me, because, you know, she's a crazy hot, raging woman, and now I can't not see that. But if you want more on her, check out the From Crisis to Crisis podcast. And also, someone for the love of God start a Will Payton blog, please. Um, just saying. All right, all right, Shag. You don't have to beg. Well, that could be nice. Anyways, here you go, Shag, just for you. Monthly, the Starman Adventure Hour. Adventure, wait a minute. 
I like Starman and all, but I don't know if I can talk for an entire hour about Will Payton. Huh, I know. I'll include another great 80s character I love. Mark Shaw, Manhunter. The Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour. Available monthly on iTunes and at starman-manhunter.headspeaks.com. Also part of the Headcast Network. Come join the fun. The classics, she knows every line. Breakfast Club, pretty and pink. I'm really excited for 2016. In fact, I think we should record a promo about all the changes to the Fire and Water Podcast Network happening this year. What do you think, Rob? That's a great idea. We can mention the new folks joining the network and all the shows. I can talk about how we'll continue with our Aquaman and Firestorm show. And I want to be sure to plug my movie show, The Film and Water Podcast. What about you, Ryan? Oh, I think we should definitely record a promo. I'll mention how the Secret Origins podcast is joining the Fire and Water Network. And then I'll introduce my newly relaunched shows, Give Me Those Star Wars and Power of Fishnets, The Black Canary and Zatanna podcast. Sound good to you, Chris? Absolutely. I'll mention the show I record with my lovely wife, Cindy, Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast. We should probably also mention the Power Records podcast Rob and I do, too. What about you, Siskoid? Well, sure. I can talk about my ensemble show, The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, and my new upcoming shows about the DC Comics crossover event, Invasion, and yes, Oh Hot Moo. Shag, you think we should mention Hero Points, the most occasional DC Heroes role-playing podcast? Sure. Why not? And I can talk about Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe, and mention my new upcoming show, Justice League International, Wahaha Podcast. Now, here's what I'm thinking. When we record, I'm fine being the first person talking. I can explain all the changes to the Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Why do you get to start the promo? I'm just as much of a part of this as you are. It was my idea to create the Fire and Water podcast back in 2011. I should start off this promo. I kind of think it should be one of the new voices who kick off the promo. It'll shock the listener into attention if it's not Rob or Shag. Cindy and I make up two people in the network. Plus, you know, ladies first. So we should be the first people talking on the promo. Ben, voyons donc. You have what? got uh, what? to. No, no, French French cannot be the Enough. Stop it. You're like boys with toys. Let's just make this simple. We can tell the folks at home the Fire and Water Podcast Network is growing in 2016. Several new shows are joining the network. We'll have a new dedicated website, a Twitter account, and Facebook page. And folks will be able to subscribe to each individual show or all of them. See, now was that so hard? Fire and Water Podcast Network. Available soon through iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and fireandwaterpodcast.com. Seriously, Shag, you had to get the last word, didn't you? And now back to Head Speaks. Speaking of cartoons and toys from the 80s, that brings us to our next show, which is called... The Silverhawks. Partly metal, partly real. I've heard people question, what does it mean, partly real? I mean, flesh and blood compared to the metal. Uh, but anyways, yeah. The Silverhawks was from the same company that did Thundercats. Uh, again, I don't remember the exact details. Again, I was younger. 
I say younger, I was 16 or so when it came out. I didn't really care about the development of it all that. But it looks like this was a follow-up to Thundercats by the same production company, using a lot of the same actors. Uh, The Silverhawks was a team of humans in the 29th century who were given metal bodies and hawk wings to help stop organized crime in the galaxy of Limbo. The characters was, there was Commander Stargazer, then there was Quicksilver, Lieutenant Colonel Bluegrass, who was the pilot of their ship. Uh, he was the only Silverhawk who couldn't fly, other than Commander Stargazer. Uh, so he would he would pilot, pilot this team transport called the Mirage. Uh, he had a, a weapon slash instruments. They would use like a guitar. They could shoot musical uh, sound waves out of people. Uh, there was also Steel Heart and Steel Will, and the Copper Kid, who was the youngest member of the team. Uh, they operated out of their planetoid base, I guess it was called Hawk Haven. Again, it looked like this only ran one season. And again, they fought bad guys such as the old Moonstar. I guess it was Monstar, who is an escaped alien mob boss, who, much like its predecessor Thundercats, like Mumra, he could transform into a knight, enormous armor-plated creature and had a, a giant uh, squid-type creature that he would fly around on. Uh, he also had his intergalactic mob. Uh, there was Yes Man, who was a snake creature. Uh, Buzzsaw, which you can tell by his name, had... Buzzsaws on his hands, and a bullheaded mumbo jumbo. Also, there was a windhammer, which was their weather controller, and a shapeshifter, Mo Lek Ular. And there was also another couple of villains called uh, Poker Face, who again was a robotic card shark, weapons heavy hardware, and the musical madness of Melodia, who uses a keytar that fires musical notes, kind of like. Uh, Colonel Bluegrass did. Again, another toy line that was given a cartoon to sell the toys for, I'm sure. Uh, They also had a small comic series from Star Comics, which was an imprint of Marvel. I'm checking on Wikipedia, and actually it looks like the cartoon came first on this one, and then the toys came out. So this may have been a little bit different. It may have not been a uh, a toy line that they used a the cartoon to promote. It may have actually been a cartoon that they came up with toys for. Hmm. Where things have happened. <laughs> Anyways, I remember... Again, this is another cartoon I remember fondly. I haven't looked watched in years. I may have to look and see. It's like there was uh, 65 episodes altogether. And also noticing on Wikipedia, apparently... In the 2011 Thundercats remake, Moonstar, I keep calling him Moonstar, actually, I guess it's Monstar, briefly appears in a cameo in an episode called Legacy. And speaking of Thundercats, what's that I see on the horizon? Thundercats, another great cartoon from the 80s. 
uh, looks like Thundercats ran from 1985 until 1988. Uh, again, this started right before my comic book phase started. Uh, again, my comic book phase has been going on for the last 30 years, but uh, this started right before my comic book phase started. And again, it lasted until 88, so I was well and away in my comic book collection fanatic stage, I guess. Anyways, Thundercats. Thundercats was a series about a group of cat-like humanoid aliens on a planet called Third Earth. The series starts with their dying planet, Thundera, meaning its end, forcing the Thundercats, which was like a line of uh, nobility, to flee their homeworld. Uh, en route, they're attacked by their enemies, the mutants of Plundar, who destroy most of their starships, but they spare the flagship, hoping to capture the legendary mystic Sword of Omens. Uh, it's like their, their powerful sword, which they believe is on board. The sword holds something called the Eye of Thundera, which is the main source of the Thundercats' powers, and if it's embedded in the hilt of the sword. Uh, the ship is damaged, but the power of the eye drives them back. So, again, the Thundercats are headed to Third Earth, and they realize this sh- it's going to take them much longer than they thought. So they jump into uh, cryo cabinets, if you will, which puts them, you know, cryogenically puts them to sleep, while the eldest of them, Jaga, says he'll volunteer the ship. And in the process, he dies of old age. He sets the autopilot so the ship can fly on its way. And the ship ends up crashing on Third Earth. Uh, when they did crash, they discover that Lionel, their their leader or their the prince, his suspension capsules was damaged or something, if I remember right. And instead of putting him to sleep or keeping him from aging, it slowed his aging down. So he was still, so he still aged, just not as quickly. So while the rest of the Thundercats, when they woke up at their same age as adults, Lionel, who was a young boy, the prince, he woke in the body of an adult, but he still had the mind of a child. Uh, Once they get out, the Thundercats, along with some friendly natives of Third Earth, construct their, their home, which is called the Cat's Lair, which is their headquarters, which is, looks like a giant cat. But before long, the mutants have tracked them down. And again, they start the battle. They're driven off. And the the mutants are found by a demonic uh, being calling himself Mumra, who recruits the mutants to aid him in his campaign to acquire the Eye of Thundera and destroy the Thundercats. Because uh, he's trying to... Again, he's been sleeping for a while, if I'm not mistaken. And he's trying to awaken himself and... Uh, take over Third Earth. And again, this series ran four seasons. Uh, they had the first season, which had the uh, the Thundercats coming to Third Earth, meeting Mumra, fighting the uh, mutants. And then after the first season, they had a TV movie called Thundercats Ho. It's where they introduced three new Thundarians. And supposedly showed the demise of Mumra. But at the beginning of the second season in 1986, we've revealed that Mumra still lived in an episode entitled Mumra Lives. And then each of the following three series began with a five-part miniseries, much like Mumra Lives, which basically set up the that season's story arc. Um, I don't remember the last season really, looking here on Wikipedia... It says it was entitled Return, Return to Thundera. I, I don't know if I maybe I stopped watching it. This would have been 88. That's when I graduated high school, so uh, that year. So that's our golden group. So, yeah, September 30th. Yeah, I was graduated, graduated high school, was going to college. So I think I missed that last season or something. I don't remember it lasting that long. Oh, maybe they stopped showing my area or what, but anyways, yeah, Thundercats, that was a good show. I enjoyed it. Uh, they tried to bring it back in 2011. It was very anime-ish, much more anime-ish art style 
than originally, I think. I didn't care for it as much. It was wasn't bad, but it was again it was very anime-ish. Uh, and if you know me, you know I don't, I'm not a big fan of American animation uh, anime. So and again, it didn't last very long. But uh, that's Thundercats, and I plan on doing a few more this episode. But due to life getting in the way and things taking a while. I'm going to go ahead and stop here seven episodes. Uh, We've been talking for about 45 minutes. About 40 minutes for commercials out and everything. So we're going to go in this one here. And we'll pick this up later on with a second episode later. Either next month or the following month. Who knows? But now I present to you... Meltop! got mail. Okay, and we're going to read off our Facebook likes. We have JC Barua. Hope I didn't make your name too much, buddy. Uh, Shag Matthews, who is aka the Irredeemable Shag, who's appeared on this show and my Task Force X in the past. Uh, Another buddy of mine, Gene Hendricks. A fellow podcaster, Ryan Daly, who joins me monthly over on the G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. A friend from mine from real life, Amanda Downing, and the Quantum Cast, who is again ran by uh, a fellow podcaster, G. Hendricks, and another one of my co hosts from over in the G.I. Joe, a real American headcast, uh, Jeff Fishman. Anyways, that's our Facebook likes. Uh, we have no emails, so nothing to read there. Again, if you guys want to read, hear your emails read on the air, uh, go ahead and send me an email to head at headspeaks.com, and I'll read it on the air. Uh, but that's it for that. Another announcement or two. Um, I have now officially started a network. We have the Headcast Network, available on iTunes. So if you want to subscribe to the Headcast Network, you can get all of my great shows on one feed. Uh, you have... The G.I. Joe, a real American headcast. You have Head Speaks, the one you're listening to. You have Task Force X, where I cover the Suicide Squad and Checkmate comic books from the 80s. And my newest endeavor, the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour, where I cover the Will Payton Starman comic and the Mark Shaw Manhunter comic, uh, produced by DC Comics from the late 80s, early 90s. Again, that seems to be my era. And also the occasional Alexa Speaks, my daughter's occasional podcast. So again, join us on the Headcast Network on iTunes for all these great shows under one feed, or you can, as usual, just subscribe to them all individually. Uh, But that'll do it for this episode of Head Speaks. Join us next week on Task Force X where I talk about, again, another episode of Suicide Squad and Checkmate. And I also should have a guest host come on for a few minutes and talk about the Suicide Squad trailer that just dropped. The week after that, you can join us over on the Starman Manhunter Adventure Hour, where I'll be covering the first issues of both Starman and Manhunter. Out on the feeds right now is the Zero episode, where I'll give a little background and introduce myself. Uh, The first week of January, I'm sorry, first week of uh, March, wow, time's flying, Uh, you can join us again for another fantastic episode of G.I. Joe, Real American Headcast. I believe we're up to episode, or sorry, issue seven of the comic and episode five of the TV show, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, But join us for some more fun, and then in a month, you can join us back here on Head Speaks where I may continue on with my uh, cartoon coverage, or I may switch to something totally different next month. Who knows? Stay tuned for the end credits. And after the end credits, this week's ending song, I'm going to play another Schoolhouse Rock uh, video. Though you only hear the lyrics to the song, but uh, I'm not sure which one's going to be, but it's from the Schoolhouse Rock. Sit back and enjoy, and... uh, 
We'll see you guys next month. And remember, head has spoken. Thank you for listening to another fantastic episode of Head Speaks. Hope you enjoyed it. If so, let me know. Drop me an email to head at headspeaks.com or visit our home at head.headspeaks.com. You can also visit and talk with me on Facebook and Google Plus, both under Head Speaks. You can also send an MP3 file with your thoughts and I can play that on the air. And you can also get more of me on my other podcasts. Be sure to listen to Task Force X where monthly I look at John Ostinger's Suicide Squad and Paul Kuppenberg's Checkmate comics from the 80s and early 90s. Also, over on G.I. Joe, a real American headcast, my podcasting friends Ryan Daly and Kyle Benning, along with myself, are looking at all of the G.I. Joe, a real American hero comics, and related titles from Marvel and IDW. All of my headcasts are available on iTunes and Stitcher, along with the respective blogs and my main page at headspeaks.com. All, all comments, thoughts, and opinions expressed on Head Speaks are o- owned wholly by the speaker of said comments and do not express the opinions of Head Speaks, unless, of course, I'm the one making the comments. Head Speaks, Task Force X, and G.I. Joe, a Real American Headcast, are all part of the Headcast family. So join us next month for another wonderful episode of Head Speaks. Until then, I'll see you in the funny pages. Good night. No more king. We're gonna run things our way. No more king. No man can tell 
us what to do. Rocking and a rolling, swishing and a splashing over the horizon. What can it be? Looks like it's going to be a free country.